Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 104. This episode is brought to you by my online workshop, Yearly Lesson Planning in Less Than an Hour. If you want to see what my minimalist approach to homeschool planning is with five kids at all different age levels, then jump into this short workshop at 41more.teachable.com and you can even save 30% with the coupon code podcast. Because here's the thing, you don't want to spend hours and hours and days and days planning for next year. And you also don't want to be stuck in that rut where every weekend you have to spend a whole lot of time planning for the next week. There is no way that I'm going to show you how to use a teacher planning book or to spend every weekend organizing worksheets. Because listen, for less than a coffee date with a friend, you can learn how to successfully plan for your homeschool year like a pro. And I promise you this workshop's only 25 minutes, so it's not going to take a whole lot of your precious time either. So definitely check it out. Put the link in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 104. Don't forget to use the coupon code podcast for 30% off. Hello and welcome to episode 104. Today I'm chatting with Megan Jackson of joyfulmudpuddles.com and we're talking about a topic I quite frankly haven't heard discussed very much in the homeschool or parenting world and that is parenting a highly sensitive child. We're actually going to talk about it from the point of view of a mom that's highly sensitive and also from the point of view of if you have a child that's highly sensitive, like what do both of those look like? Because um, as we discussed, sometimes this is misdiagnosed. Isn't that interesting? Last week on the podcast, we talked to Marcy Melzer and we talked about how late talking is sometimes misdiagnosed as autism. Well, even the highly sensitive child can sometimes be misdiagnosed as being on the autism spectrum as well. So I think these are really great conversations to have as homeschool moms, making sure that we're not giving our kids a label that is not appropriate to them, but also knowing, you know, to kind of expect certain challenges and then also have solutions in mind. So this episode, along with last week's, I think go really well together in helping us realize that as homeschool moms, you know, sometimes we can feel like, well, I'm not a professional. Maybe my child needs to, you know, be taught by a certified educator who knows all about these topics. I'm going to tell you as a former classroom teacher, public school teacher, I didn't know about all these topics. So listen, your, your average teacher down the street does not necessarily know more about um, helping children with these unique challenges any more than you as the parent. The the superpower you have as a parent is you love your kid more than anyone else loves your kid. And you can also have the time to deal with them one-on-one and find solutions to help them, you know, learn to live with the challenges or, you know, the struggles or whatever words you want to give it, right? So parenting a highly sensitive child, I hope this episode gives you kind of a, a really interesting aha moment if you've been frustrated and thinking, you know, what is wrong with this kid in my house? How come they're not like their siblings? Well, maybe this is the issue that you're dealing with. Or 
On the flip side, as a highly sensitive mom, you might finally start to make sense to yourself. You might go, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. Like this is an actual thing. And what are some solutions that I can take as a homeschool mom if I'm highly sensitive? How can you make sure you're taking care of yourself as well? So there's a lot packed in here. We don't chat for very long because I know that you know you don't necessarily have 45 minutes to listen to a podcast episode. So we don't get into tons and tons and tons and tons of detail, but I will really encourage you to go over to Megan's site. I will have links in the show notes because she has um, lots more information on her site about this topic and she can direct you direct you to some really helpful um, printables and different other resources over on her site. So definitely check out the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 104. Now here's my conversation with Megan Jackson of Joyful Mud Puddles. Hey, Megan, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I thought we would start out with having you introduce yourself and your family. Awesome. I am Megan. I am a homeschooling and working mom. My business is Joyful Mud Puddles, and I'm a gentle parenting coach. My family has always homeschooled my boys. So they've never been to school. My oldest is 13. Well, almost 13. He got, he took over mother's day. <laughs> so, and then I have a 10 year old and a five-year-old boy. So they're all boys. Nice. And then, and my husband. Yeah. Nice. So you said you've always been homeschooling. Was there a certain thing that convinced you to homeschool? Like, why did you actually start homeschooling to begin with? So I was actually a teacher before this. First, I was an engineer, then I was a teacher, and I was like Miss Frizzle. I was the cool science teacher. But when I had, I figured I'll just have children, I'll go on mat leave, just do what everyone else does. And I went back to work, and I thought, this does not making sense in my brain that somebody else is spending all day with my child, essentially raising them, and I'm all day with somebody else's child, why am I not with my own kid? Like I know how to do this. So I decided to uh, be a stay at home mom. I had another child and money was a bit tight and we were bored. I did a daycare for a while and we really noticed right about the time when my son should be going to kindergarten because that's what everybody does. Um, But I, by then I was starting to not follow what everyone does. And so it got in my mind that, well, maybe there's something else. He was so sensitive. I just knew that he would, he wasn't ready. He would be picked on. He would, it was going to be too overwhelming for him. And where we live, kindergarten is optional. It's not even a requirement to, to legally do school until you're six. And so I thought, well, we're happy. We're doing our thing. We'll just keep him home for a bit longer. And then a bit longer turned into several years and they've never been to school. So that is amazing. Um, actually, that's such a great segue because 
like school, it's, it's not a great fit for everyone, especially at those younger years. Some kids are not ready to leave the, just the security of home and the way they're naturally learning anyway to go to this. Yeah. To go to essentially a stranger to be with a stranger all day and then come home to mom just for a few hours when they're cranky right before bed. It's just, it's not the greatest um, situation for all our kids. So that's really interesting. You also brought up the, the topic that we're going to talk about today was just that he was a high sensitive child. And we're going to talk about that, that term, which might be new to some people, but I think when you explain it, they might start to go, Oh, <laughs> I, I have one of those, or I, I am a highly sensitive mom. So this is really a great topic. Cause I think we're going to look at it from both sides. So maybe we can dive into that. Like when you use that term, highly sensitive, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And I know we'll get into the nitty gritty about mom and child, but maybe in general, what does that mean for someone? So I'm going to go with like the definition that Dr. Elaine Aaron, she wrote the highly sensitive person and sort of coined the term. And she describes it as a highly sensitive person has a sensitive nervous system. They're aware of subtleties in their surrounding and are more easily overwhelmed in a highly stimulating environment. And that environment could be external stimuli, like your surroundings, the people you're with, or internally, like your own thoughts and emotions as well. Wow. Okay. So, so did now, like you, you, is this correct? You would describe yourself as a highly sensitive mom. Are you in that category? Oh, definitely. Okay. So like, when did you, like, was that something you always, you kind of were aware of even when you were younger or was this, is this something that someone has pretty much since like from childhood all the way up? Is that how that would work? It is. It's more of like a characteristic trait of a person. Just like some people are introverted and extroverted, you can have highly sensitive people that are either of those. It's not just introverts. A lot of people mix this up with either being on the autism spectrum or having sensory processing. Um, This is more of a, a trait that can be part of those other things, but they aren't mutually exclusive, if that makes sense. Yes, um, it does. So it's a little harder to define, but yeah. it's mostly people who don't fall into any of yeah. those tracks. Um, so you're, you're, it's those people who they're aware of the subtleties. They're more sensitive to smell and clothing and sounds, easily overwhelmed and overstimulated, deep inner reactions and thinkers that easily startled Mm-hmm. Um, awareness of other people's feelings. So if you find mm-hmm. you have yourself or your child sort of picks up on the feelings that are going on around you and even reflect that back, they're a little more cautious to try new things. Uh, that would be a lot of it. Wow. So this is something basically that you, I want to say like self-diagnose. I don't know if that's the right word, right? I mean, this is not something a professional is going to diagnose in a child or would they? You can, I would say they're not likely to pick up on that. They tend to go with more of the letters mm-hmm. <laughs> and the labels that are a little more yeah. prominent and you may be misdiagnosed. We did that with my son. We weren't sure. We knew that he had some traits. It wasn't quite autism. So they just said he was highly anxious. And then I figured out there are self-testing quizzes that you can do. If you just type it in, okay. highly sensitive child quiz, they'll there are markers and if you score like a 
higher on that, they'll say you're more likely to be that. Okay. It only makes up about 20% of the population. Okay. So you're most of the world is just non-sensitive, regular people. Mm -hmm. And it's those people that are sort of on the outlier that the deep em empathetic, um, highly sensitive people and sensitive doesn't mean fragile. Mm -hmm. It just means more aware and more sensitive to stimulation. Okay. Now, is this something that if a parent is this way, they are more likely to have a child? Is this something that's related genetically like that or not necessarily? Not necessarily, but definitely, I would say if you've got some highly sensitive in your family, you're more likely to have it, but a regular non-sensitive yeah. family can have right. a sensitive child. Um, myself, I'm highly sensitive. I suspect my husband is, and definitely one of our boys is the other two sort of pick up on the traits just because we, the way we live our life and react to things. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Okay. So this seems that a highly sensitive mom, if she's listening and then maybe she'll go take that quiz and find out, yeah, okay. It might actually make her feel a little bit better. Like I'm not crazy. I, there's some, there is something here and you know, I can see how this would actually give you some unique challenges when you're homeschooling. Cause it sounds like, I mean, talk about, you know, having chaos around you all day with the kids or whatever. I mean, what are some of those challenge you, challenges you face in homeschooling as a highly sensitive mom? And then what are the solutions? What do you do about it to help make it easier to homeschool even with this situation? Yes. For a highly sensitive parent, you may find that you tend to be more tuned with your child's needs and emotions. Like you just pick up on things and you can tell when they're upset more than other parents might. You also take on their emotions more easily. You're overwhelmed by the loud noise. You might tend to thrive more on routine because that's something you can control rather than all the chaos. Um, and you may be someone who finds they need more breaks. So if that describes you, your key challenge is learning to handle the stress and sensory overload that accompanies raising a child and being home because you're homeschooling. Mm -hmm. So the key things for me is to simplify your life as much as possible. Declutter, have a simple rhythm, um, just as much other chaos that you can control, simplify as much as you can, and then learn to check in with your body often. As moms, we tend to be running around, putting everyone else first, getting through the day, and then you burn out by lunchtime or dinner and you can't even cope with the rest of the day. So you need to learn to some self-care or coping skills. They're essential. And also finding support, whether that's someone to talk to, a Facebook group, a counselor, anybody, but the more sensitive we are, the more like just recognize your limits and don't be ashamed of that because when you are on you are like a superpower but if you are just running on fumes you're not as effective so recognizing your limitations and then working around that okay this is who I am this is how I am I need more breaks so we're going to put more breaks into our day 
we're going to use some screens or we're going to use a babysitter or we're going to use whatever we need so that when you are with your kids and you're on, you're like fully on instead of just being half baked all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. So what do you do specifically, Megan, for those breaks in your own life? Do you do you do the same kind of thing every day? Do you have a schedule where you certain times of day you're taking a break from the kids or what, what do you do to watch out for yourself and recharge? I'm terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I say it goes with seasons, honestly, because the winter's harder to get outside and get that break. Um, so, and I've recognized that we know that we struggle a lot more in the winter than the summer for myself. I make sure I get up before the kids and I have some quiet time to, I I read my Bible and I prepare for the day so that when they do get up, I'm not just jumping into being woken up with a start and being like, okay, but I don't even know where we're going. I also recognize transitions from one thing to the next are harder for me. So I go to the bathroom often, not to go to the bathroom. I just need a break. I lock the door. I breathe. Um, I, so I find I need to breathe a lot more. I've worked on that. Mm-hmm. And then we do, we have a break in the afternoon every day. And that's what I'm doing right now, talking yeah. to you, but still that's just a break from the normal, just a, yeah. a change. I'll relax after this before I jump back into the kids. Yeah. So I make sure we have a break every afternoon. And then we also try to get outside a lot. For me, that's calming. For others, if it's not your thing, you need to find what calms you and make that a regular part of your day. So Mm -hmm. we also try to include things that I enjoy and that are calming for me, like coloring or stories, things like that. So that I we're still engaged with the kids and I'm still, they're still learning but it doesn't drain me. Yeah. It does sound like a lot of these, um, issues are similar to other things like introversion, because I am a total introvert being with my kids all day, you know, like I, by the afternoon, I'm like, okay, leave me alone. You know, like it's that same, you need time to just breathe and not be with other people. So it does sound like there's some overlap with some of these other things that moms, moms might have, like they might be an introvert, but maybe not highly sensitive. Right. So I guess some of these solutions could work for even other uh, moms, I guess that's what it sounds like. Right. Oh yeah. It works for everything. I mean, these are all great tips for anybody. Mm -hmm. It's just, if you find that you're more highly sensitive, you have to make that a priority. You have to own it who you are and not be ashamed of it, but build it in and be more proactive. Okay. Yeah. That, that really is helpful. You gave us some really practical solutions there. So on the flip side, so we talked about being a highly sensitive mom. Now we might have some moms who are like, well, that's not me. I can't actually relate to this. And I, maybe that makes it harder when dealing with a child that has something that you don't have. And you just, you're like, what is wrong with you? Right? So what do we need to know if we're parenting a highly sensitive child? What does that look like on a day-to-day basis? So for a highly sensitive child, you're going to find that they too are more aware of subtleties, the sensitive smells, the clothing. If they're having meltdowns and you're trying to get them ready to go outside and it frustrates you, try to show a lot more empathy. Mm. Um, But they also have some amazing superpowers that we often forget about. They have a great emotional awareness. 
great empathy, passion, a sense of justice and fairness. They're the ones that see beauty in random things like rocks and feathers on the ground. Like they appreciate the small, small things and they're deep thinkers. And when we take time to appreciate those things about your children, uh, that is a huge thing that you can do to help them. Other things that help with parenting is um, okay. calm yourself. When you are calm, it helps them to calm down. So if you are struggling with that, try not to, like they really do well with gentle parenting. If you've heard of the term positive parenting or peaceful parenting, any type of thing like that, a calm, gentle approach is really going to help them as well as a regular strong routine because they're not guessing what's coming next. They know what comes next. So that's one less anxious thought that they have. And then trying to work with their sensitivities. It might take a little bit of time to figure out that wearing socks inside out with gets the seam away from their toes mm. or wearing tight leggings under snow pants or shorts under snow pants versus bunchy stuff. You know, you have to work with it. And then, um, so consider your environment. Do you have a lot of smells, lights, sounds, the music always on, the TV always on? Calm as much as you can for your child and then offer a whole lot of empathy. So do your, does your child that has this, do you talk, do you dialogue about this, the, the different, the way he's feeling and, and those kind of things? Do you talk about it or is it more of like um, you're just managing things because you know the situation? I'm wondering how, how helpful it is it to talk to our kids and describe what they're going through and talk to them about it. Is that, is that a helpful um, thing to do? Okay. It's hugely helpful. Now it depends on their age when they're younger say under four or five, that's not going yeah. to do any difference. You're just going to give them a label and make them. Right. Yeah. Um, so manage it, but you definitely, definitely, especially with these kids, they want, because it's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. So they need to learn how to manage themselves. The more self-aware they can be, the more they can advocate for themselves and what they need. It's going to empower them and give them extra courage and less anxiety because they know what's up, how their body works, and then they can voice that when they do go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. They can speak up for themselves in an activity or in a co-op or at school or whatever and say, this is you know, this is who I am. This is what I need. I need a break. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And then they don't get as overstimulated because we're taking time to teach them how does your body react? And I, I love likening it to a volcano. And I, I made posters for my kids. They're on my website as well. And level one, that's down at the very base. You're calm. And we talk about what does that look like and feel like in your body? Show me what your body does when it looks calm. What situations, you know, when do you feel calm? And then like a level one, that's like a level one. Like a level two, you're slightly annoyed. You're getting agitated. You heard a startling noise. And that can work with anger as well as anxiety. 
a level three, a level four, five is like you've blown your top, panic attack, full on anger explosion, however, whatever feeling you want to talk about. But when you describe it and you talk about it beforehand, I've noticed with all my children, they can tell me when they're at a level two or three. And we know that that's the, I can calm back down easily from that. And we talk about coping skills. We practice coping skills that they can do to calm down. But when they recognize, hey, my, my ears are burning red and my heart's feeling faster, it's when you don't. That's when this impulse control and the lack of self-discipline and self-control kicks in. Mm-hmm. I can see this would especially be helpful. Like if as a highly sensitive child goes into their teenage years, this is part of preparing them for look like these are the things you need to look out for. Like as you're going to leave the nest, right? Like to give them those life skills to be able to handle the way they are, right? Like, because this, if, like you said, this is not going away, they need to learn how to cope with it. And so that makes a lot of sense to really put it into words and have a dialogue with their kids, especially the older they get. It makes, makes a lot of sense. You do have a website and I know I'm going to put all your links in the show notes. I don't know if there's anything specific that you wanted to mention that maybe would help parents get started with learning more about this topic. Or I think you had a podcast episode about this as well on your site. I did. I did a podcast about myself. I'm also interviewing someone who wrote another book on highly sensitive people. On my website, I actually have a handout specifically on highly sensitive children. So if you sign up for my newsletter, you can get access to all my freebies and the volcano and the one on sensitive children is in there. Awesome. We will put links to all that in the show notes so everyone can find it. That's That sounds very helpful. Well, Megan, this has been a really interesting topic. I know we've just touched the surface, so I'm going to like encourage everyone to keep learning more. Go to your site and, and really dig into this if this is a topic that affects them, you know, either as a mom or as with one of their children. But as we wrap up, is there any final encouragement you want to leave with the homeschool moms today? Um. Yeah, it's anything that you can do to manage your own, like this is for everybody, your own stress, your own overwhelm, teach it to your children and practice as a family. Because like you said, it's a life skill that we all want to be able to excel at, to just manage our own overwhelm and our own stress. So learn how to deal with that with some positive strategies and then directly teach these things to your kids teach them about emotions and feelings so that they can better handle that definitely all right thanks megan thanks for joining us today appreciate it thank you Thanks for joining us today for this very important conversation. I hope you found some help and some resources and some practical solutions to use if you are parenting a highly sensitive child. Definitely check out Megan's resources. You can find all the links in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 104. Don't forget to check out yearly lesson planning in less than an hour and also use your coupon code podcast to save 30% off that workshop. You'll find all that in the show notes as well. Okay, guys, have a wonderful week. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.